Hello and welcome to the Jabroni Show on CFRC 101.9 FM. And as always, we're kicking it back, cooling and chilling here in Toronto now since the school season is over. But it's been the most exciting season. We've had play-in season, now we're off to play-off season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we previewed the East last uh, last week. Uh, so I think we'll preview the West this week. Um, we were talking about it last time. I mean, Adam Silver was like salivating, secreting a whole lot of saliva when he saw that uh, the Lakers-Warriors playing matchup. I don't think he's feeling too hot right now. I think not having the Warriors in the playoffs, not having Steph in a series for even for even four games, five games, um, he's got to be pretty like... It seems like the playing tournament was successful, but it almost like the very end of it um, kind of turned on, turned on like the NBA's head. I, I mean, like if they had a choice to rerun everything over again, knowing what they know now, knowing that, knowing that the Warriors wouldn't be in and the Grizzlies were in, I don't think they'd be too happy. But that's neither here nor there. That was a crazy. It was a crazy uh, overtime game against Warriors Grizzlies, though. I enjoyed that. Yeah, no, we can just spend a quick second on that because I guess that's part of the West uh, playoff picture now. Yeah, and I mean Steph Curry was great in the game, but you just pointed out to something I didn't fully take in while watching is the fact that he had seven turnovers, Draymond had six. There's just you made a, there's, it's hard to win like that when you turn the ball over ten plus times. Yeah, it's like it, it. It's Steph could be hitting threes from everywhere, which which he effectively was. Um, and I mean, obviously his teammates didn't help him. But like, I felt like Steph and Draymond, it 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 felt like they were given Memphis so many opportunities to win, and just like leaving Jaw open on three. And I know Jaw's like not an established shooter, but like. It felt it felt like they quite literally let Memphis win. So like all the tweets saying and Clay saying like we'll be back stronger than ever, and then and then Steph um, saying like oh how was an MVP? I kind of disagree with that kind of that that um, narrative that's come out of that game. And especially I saw a good I saw a good tweet the other day. It's like they're basically describing what Damian Lillard did in the bubble at the end of last season. Um, if you don't remember it, it was he was effectively scoring 45 points a game, um, pulling up from quite literally everywhere, getting doubled on everything, and his teammates were were not that helpful. Of course, Portland's roster was probably about even in terms of last year. Portland's roster with injuries was probably about even to Golden State's this year. But my point is with like the Steph MVP stuff, and he's he's the best player on the court when LeBron was on the court, saying that kind of thing is like. We didn't, we didn't give like Damian Lillard the same energy last year. We didn't say he was the best player in the NBA. Um, so why are we giving it to Steph now? And I know Steph's past is, is much different than than Dame's, but I, I it was fun to see. It was a lot of fun to see Curry kind of uh, ride out the kind of single ball handler role this year. But like I didn't need to see it continue into the playoffs necessarily. I'm kind of happy Memphis beat them as well. I'm getting at. I'd be. I'm way more curious to see how they do against Utah, especially the young guys. No, I totally agree. But one fact that I couldn't stop thinking about during that last game was, if they had Clay, it would have been the easiest victory. Like 
every single time they double staff, somebody would be open in the corner, Poole, Bazemore, and they just blatantly miss almost. Like I know Poole put up some good stats at the end, but that turnover in the final 30 seconds killed them. And just another thought on the kind of Steph Curry versus Dame comparison. While I think everybody is in agreement that Steph Curry is the better player, Dame does not ever get enough flowers. I mean, I was just listening to the uh, Bill Simmons podcast yesterday, and he was talking to Dirk about how he thinks Curry's one of those last guys who's going to stick with their franchise and how he loves the fact that Curry's kind of been synonymous with Golden State with their highs and lows. And it's like, Dame is right here, man. He's done the exact same thing just without the super team. Yeah, yeah, Dame's Dame stayed, and I think Giannis is another one to add in there. I, th- I think he'll actually end up staying in Milwaukee. I think, I think he's that type of guy. But um, yeah, no, did, did Dame's doing what Steph's doing, and I minus three championships and and a couple MVP awards. So it's it's actually really not a comparison. But Dame's been doing what Steph's been doing these past three years without Clay, Draymond, Durant. So that's kind of I'm yeah, okay with. He's got Covington, yeah, McCollum. And Simons, Norm Powell yeah, now. Like. I'm o- I'm okay with giving I'm okay with giving Curry praise. It's just the the best player in the second best player in the world. It's like that's fine, but then that also means that you think Dame is the best player, second best player in the world, which just like it's not. They they deserve their own recognition. Just just I'm not quite like. <sighs> Steph's just uh, Steph's like his role now is just likable, but yeah, I, like we don't need to continue on this. Yeah, no, I think we can all agree that Steph is one of the most likable superstars of our generation, and it- yeah, marketable too. Um, we'll go right into we'll just break down every series and and go to the end, and then I guess seeing as I I picked Milwaukee last week, I can't remember who you picked coming out of the East. I picked but, Milwaukee um, as well. Yeah, so we can we can do a little finals prediction too. Uh, we'll start off Utah Memphis. Um, I feel like we both kind of like Memphis than more more than other people, but it's just like it's a scenario where it's how how is it gonna how I can't find a way that they win. Although like matchup wise, I mean we saw what Brooks can do. Like he's now. I honestly wasn't aware until watching like the past two weeks in the NBA, but he's an elite defender, so he'll be on Mitchell, which I like. And then I seem to recall JV having a lot of success on Gobert in the past. Um, Gobert tends to be better to me when I watch him against athletic guys rather than you know really strong, good post finishers. But like, um, yeah, I just I can't see Memphis. I can see them pulling out two games though, like. Utah's just so deep, and 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 they're off. They're, I mean, their offense and defense is better. I I can't see Memphis really making it that much of a series. No, in my like NBA bracket challenge, if you will, I had Utah in five. And well, like you said, I do have a lot of love for that Memphis team. They just have to kind of, you know, go through their lumps as a young team right now. It's I don't want to see say a miracle that they got in, but it's definitely unlikely that they got it to that eight seed i love that they're there but utah has been dominant this entire season yeah yeah like you said against um, teams like memphis yeah like you said draymond has five turnovers steph has five turnovers instead of seven and six it's probably it's probably golden state yeah Me- I, memphis just isn't good enough i'm with you uh clippers dallas 
the Milwaukee, so we're recording on a Sunday. The first slate of playoff games just happened yesterday. Um, the Milwaukee Golden State, uh, sorry, excuse me, Milwaukee Miami game was awesome, but the the Clippers Dallas game was fun too. Like the way they guarded Luca, and I mean Carlisle is known as the goat of in game adjustments, and like I still don't think Dallas can pull it off, but the way they the way they can kind of sneak around the Clippers defense, and I mean they're gonna have a good offensive night. Every single night, it feels like um, much better coach Carlisle. I think that matters a lot in the playoff series. And then, like, if if Kawhi isn't assertive, I think Dallas easily, which he wasn't yesterday. I think Dallas like almost easily takes it to seven. I just can't, I just can't um, see Kawhi backing down in that final game. I actually have uh, the Clippers winning in seven as well. And just because of the things you mentioned, the offensive offensive force that is the Mavericks is just unbelievable. I mean, we saw Luka go for a triple-double. Tim Hardaway probably played maybe the best he'll play all series, which is a... Uh, mm-hmm. Same with same with Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. So there's a lot of outliers in yesterday's game, but at the same time, Luka is that guy. I mean... Totally. I love that seeing him in the playoffs last year. He played so well last year that he was the MVP favorite coming into this year. And this is just the moment he lives for. And like we've seen Dallas have an upper edge on the Clippers before. A couple quick notes from yesterday. Man, like the Clippers hedging their bets on Marcus Morris is kind of their third scorer. That never made sense to me. I swear he's not good. Two, I love Porzingis when he plays down low more often. Um, but like my biggest takeaway from yesterday's game, which speaks to like how important I think coaching is in the playoffs and we may not realize it, we'll probably like we know ourselves having seen kind of Nick Nurse go against guys like Budenholzer and and um uh Brett Brown and kind of see see him out edge them. But like Kawhi and Doncic were both getting like aggressively aggressively double teamed the entire game the Clippers game plan was clearly to you know not have Kawhi bring the ball up anymore and have Rondo kind of initiate the offense same with Paul George not get the ball in Kawhi's hands as much like they didn't do anything to game plan around Dallas's double and that was successful in mitigating Kawhi's performance like Dallas on the other hand like of course, they were just hitting shots, which, like, I will never. Dorian Finney-Smith will not hit five out of his, of his seven threes for another game in this playoffs. But, like, flip side, Porzingis wasn't hitting any of his threes. The Dallas's game plan, and, like, of course, they knew Luka was going to get doubled the entire game. Dallas's game plan to get Luka out of the doubles and pass out and have, have go from kind of, like, the five in to the sudden, like, one cutter and have kind of easy basket like Golden State used to do. That was amazing. I, I think Dallas really takes it to seven because obviously because Luca, but they're coaching too. No, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, but like, do you think we're gonna see another full-on playoff P performance? Like, as in like, like pandemic Paul George, like just PG thirteen percent. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I think he's locked in this year. And from watching him through the regular season, he's had 
ebbs and flows. He's had extremely high points where he looks like he's regained that MVP form we saw in OKC that I was honestly enamored with. And other times we've seen PG 13%. But I think the fact, I think the bubble definitely played a real psychological role in Paul George's game and just kind of the magnification of all of it. I think he's most likely in a much better place, I hope, this year. And while he might not be great every game, I don't think we're going to see a PG 13% hitting the side of the backboard. Yeah. Uh, Moving on, Denver-Portland, which is, in my opinion, this one's the toughest series to predict maybe in the entire first round. We saw Portland just won with offense last night. That's how they'll continue to win. Um, they also played a really interesting strategy. They let Jokic score. Like, they weren't doubling him. They just said, like, we're going to be taking a lot of threes. We know that we'll hit however many of them if Dame is playing the way he plays. Um, we're going to let Jokic score, and, like, we're kind of not going to let his playmaking skills develop. And that really hurt, like, obviously Porter Jr. got his, but that really hurt the rest of the Nuggets I found, like, um, they couldn't get many open threes on the perimeter. Like, I think Jokic ended with one assist. That was an interesting strategy. I think if that works going forward, I, I have Portland. Um, but, like, I think this is super even. I just don't... Like, last night, it felt like Denver didn't play bad. They just they just lost. I don't know where I'm going on this series. I, I think I want to give Portland the slight edge just because they took game one. But, like... These teams feel really, really, really even to me. But at the end of the day, I think Portland may have a bit too much offense. Um, Like, I just don't think Denver will have that easy of a time uh, scoring 120 points a game where, I mean, they'll have a pretty tough time keeping Portland to 120 a game. So I I think Portland in seven. But this this one's a tough one for me. Oh, I totally agree with you. And I think it's kind of the playoff matchup nobody's talking about almost. I, before game one yesterday, like in my NBA bracket challenge, I had Denver in six. And my thinking behind that is they're kind of a nobody believes in us team. They lost Jamal Murray to injury. I mean, they've got Compazzo playing huge minutes for them. Mm -hmm. And just Austin Rivers picked up on waivers playing huge minutes. It just doesn't look like the same powerhouse we saw last year or even... 20 games ago in the regular season. Yeah, we were talking. time. Okay. No, no, all you. At the same time, I'm re- I was ready to see an explosion of Michael Porter Jr. And although he was efficient last night, he wasn't enough. Uh yeah, I mean it felt kind of like he did almost all he could, but like he yeah, he he was not in takeover mode to me. For me, like I just you you hinted at it. Um, when we were like looking kind of before the playoffs started, like, do you think Denver has like a small chance? I said, no, like it's not because they're bad. I quite literally just don't think they have enough talent. Like Composa played 31 minutes last night. Austin Rivers played 33. I'm not sure why they didn't have Monte Morris more out there, but like if you're getting three points in 14 minutes out of Paul Millsap, like it's going to be really, really, really tough to win. Um, I'd like to see Aaron Gordon step up a bit. I don't really know how he can in that offense, but like, I think they're good. I just don't think I. I don't think there's enough talent on that team. So yeah, no, I have I have Portland in seven, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Denver wins in seven either. Yeah, no, I'm 
I've got. I'm gonna. I'll stick with my original prediction, but I wouldn't be surprised if I saw it go your way. Right. Next, this is probably the most polarizing series. It's Phoenix Lakers. Um, we could talk about this series for ten minutes. I I don't know if we should. I'm taking the team with LeBron on it. That's like I just don't know how. And Lakers aren't heavy favorites either. Like I I, th- I know Phoenix is. Um, the spread for today's game is is them three and a half. Like I just don't understand why people bet against LeBron. Like there's I've seen nothing to I don't know. That's just me though. Um, I have Lakers in 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 five or six six probably though. I've got Lakers in six as well. And I think this all comes back to maybe our history of Raptors fans. I mean, as we're talking right now, I'm wearing my 2014 Northern Uprising playoff shirt. And we firsthand know it doesn't matter about the regular season standings to LeBron. The Raptors can be better than, or X team can be higher in the standings than the Lakers every single year. But playoff mode LeBron is no joke. And I think the saddest part of this series is the fact that we're going to see Chris Paul make another first round exit, and it probably won't even be his fault. Yeah, that's the thing I'm upset about because, like, when I look at the West, I think like uh, earlier in the season I was kind of um, along the lines of like, okay, uh, Phoenix belongs with the kind of Utahs and Dallases and Denvers who who honestly are are super good teams, but just just don't like uh, don't really belong in the conversation with the Lakers and Clippers. I think Phoenix could be the second best team coming out of the West. Um, they have so much talent on their roster, and, and they're kind of built for the playoffs too. Between the their their like shooting depth, and then of course their wing depth, and, and guys like Bridges and Crowder. Um, like it's, I'm also upset that that like, uh, you know, CP's run kind of it, it feels like it will end early. Um, but I think the Phoenix may be the second best team in the Western Conference, which is kind of funny. No, I'd honestly agree with you. And I know we've gone back and forward with this throughout the season, but Aiden's take, taken major steps closer to the end. But mm-hmm. even with that being still, they run Sarge at the five quite often. And they just don't... Like, Aiden's not a defensive superstar. Like, I'm not blind to that. And neither is Sarge. And their size is just undeniable down low for the Lakers. Yeah, I, Aiden just gets into... He's not consistent. That's his issue. Uh, so we're Lakers on that. Surprise, surprise. Moving on to the second round. We both have Clippers and Utah. I think I think the Clippers wash Utah if they play them. I think I think the Clippers' biggest weakness is, is playing teams with a lot of fight in them. In Utah, I mean, obviously Mitchell has a certain uh, bravado to him. Like when I've seen Utah in the past, and this isn't like, this isn't a knock to them. This is almost how I've felt about Milwaukee in past years. Uh, this year I feel a bit different because Drew Holiday, but like they just don't have like the it, like the the fire. I think, I think that makes the series easy for the Clippers. So I, I'm taking the Clippers in like in, in, in six, five, maybe even. Wow, I'm I'm surprised how lockfoot we are in this. I've got the Laker I mean, I've got the Clippers in five. And for yeah, the same the reasons like you just said. I, I like Mike Conley. I I probably like Donovan Mitchell too much, honestly, but the matchup for the Clippers is just so good. I mean, Kawhi and Paul George, two elite defenders, 
facing against a smaller Donovan Mitchell. If it's not either of them, it'll be Rondo or Beverly on him. And Utah had a great bench. I mean, they have two six-man-of-the-year candidates. But the bench isn't as important in the playoffs. No, it's not. Especially when, like, yeah, I just, yeah, I'd have a hard time. I'd have a hard time seeing Utah get past the Clippers. I would have loved to see it be Clippers Phoenix. Honestly, would would have been the most one of the most exciting matchups for me on the West, which is unfortunate that it didn't turn out that way. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, next one would be. So we have Denver slash Portland against the Lakers. Thankfully, we don't need to talk about it that much. Like it, the difference between Denver and Portland doesn't matter because they're facing the Lakers. Portland could could have some fun with the Lakers. And uh, on the flip side, I think Jokic could really expose AD. But again, I'm, I'm taking the team with LeBron. Yeah, whoever that is, Denver, Portland, I've got the Lakers in five. And- yeah, I think that's, that's probably going to be the easiest. The Lakers' next series, if they beat Phoenix, will probably be their easiest series of the playoffs, most likely. Oh, 100%. But... I would actually like to see Dame in this matchup for the same reasons we've talked about, because he is that dude. It's undeniable for that one out of those five games I talked about that we're going to see some Dame time, 45, 50 points, extreme efficiency, extreme swagger, and extreme levels of fun. Yeah, I'm in for that too. Um, So then we got Lakers Clippers in the conference finals. It's, this seems like the most, um, like sensible pick to have them too, but it feels like it won't happen for some reason. That's weird that you mentioned that because I honestly, I mean, we've gone through that top, uh, top half of the bracket and it doesn't make sense for the Clippers not to end up there, especially with that Utah or Memphis matchup in the second round. Uh-huh. But you're right. It, it feels like the Clippers have worked so hard to dodge the Lakers. They might just, Something could happen. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it feels almost too perfect the way they're on opposite sides of the bracket and how they how their opponents match up too. It it seems almost too good, but we're predicting that they do match up. Um, again, I don't even I don't even like until until you know like uh, Brooklyn or Milwaukee. I I just think I'm I'm so I'm Lakers just all the way, man. Like. And I don't even, I almost, it's crazy because I don't think like highly of, of Anthony Davis, that highly of Anthony Davis, honestly, I, you know how I feel about Andre Drummond. Um, again, it's just like LeBron, man. I, I feel like I almost don't need to like, reason, like, I feel like I don't even need to like ponder reasons in my brain for why the Lakers were win. I'm just like, the Lakers are winning. No, I'm on that same boat and it almost it almost feels wrong but yet it's so right it feels weird because you can't think of like all that many reasons why the lakers like are better or could easily handle the clippers because there aren't that many and i think a major contributing factor to it is the fact that when they get to that matchup it does like we know that uh, organizations tank, coaches tank, sca- uh, like everybody but the players tank essentially. Uh-huh. And when the Clipper, even though the Clippers, quote unquote, tanked to get away from the Lakers, and that it gives... wasn't necessarily the players doing it, 
I think that does play a psychological role for the Lakers and being these guys didn't want to see us. They're I totally, us. I totally agree. And not even on the Lakers. Obviously, I, Kawhi is a cyborg. Like it doesn't matter to him. Like, and obviously it doesn't matter to guys like Rondo. But like a guy like Paul George, that's like something that would. I think. I think if there's any series that he struggles, it's it's that type of series. I think that. I think the Lakers kind of. I think the Lakers intimidate the Clippers. Yeah. And we, I think it's not, I don't think it's a think, I think we know. The organization is scared of them. They purposely dodged them to face a team that gave them troubles without their second best player last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have Lakers-Milwaukee in the finals then. I think this could be, people really want to see the the Lakers-Brooklyn. I'm off that. I, I saw too many LeBron versus Golden State series. I don't need the firepower. I need... I need a LeBron versus Giannis series, to be honest, or just a LeBron versus Milwaukee series. I'd really enjoy that. Um, and I think, like, I think Brooklyn may have a better chance at, at beating the Lakers, but like Milwaukee has a decent chance too. Like, I'd I'd put that series to seven or six, and and I wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee came out with it. Uh Obviously, if 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 I'm uh, if I was a betting man, I'm betting on LeBron. Um, but like, I think the finals, whatever finals we get, I think will be a lot of fun. No, I totally agree. I actually have Milwaukee and seven, and I truly believe it's a coin flip at that point. And my mind says to go with the Lakers, but something, and this was even more reinforced yesterday watching them play the Heat. The Milwaukee Bucks feel like the 2019 Raptors. Kind of. And like the added toughness, like the Heat outscored them by by 45 points from the three-point line. Like yesterday, and, and Milwaukee still won is what I'm getting at. And Milwaukee missed a ton of free throws. So where I'm getting at is that Milwaukee, like they can win in different ways this year, which I think will really, really benefit them when it comes down to the end of the Eastern conference, that's why I think they're going to get to the finals. And I think like they just match up kind of well with the Lakers. Um, I think Giannis's free throws is what lose them the series as funny as it is. Uh, even though, I mean, LeBron's taken free throws on the other side, but like, I, I do think it's that close. And I'm just, again, I'm picking the team with the Lakers. But like we saw yesterday, uh, Milwaukee and yeah they won by I think it was two points or whatever in overtime on a on a buzzer beating but it was almost like the most reassuring win for Milwaukee in a way to me it felt like at least no it it's their first like as that core unit it's their first big playoff win which is huge as far as um, momentum but with all this being said Milwaukee could easily get busted. They have the hardest path to the finals I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Every one of their series is going to be, yeah, it's actually crazy. Yeah, Miami, Brooklyn, Philly, and then whoever's from the West. Yeah, pretty absurd, actually, now that I think about it. Well, they'll be tested by the end. They'll know how to play in clutch time. But yeah, it, it, it's this one's a hard the east is the more i look at the east the more it's a bit tough to predict to me but i feel like the west is isn't that isn't too tricky no but i am hoping for a uh, giannis um giannis uh win here now that he hasn't gone to the raptors i've kind of 
let go of that hope, but I still cheer for the guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like I like Middleton too. I I liked to see him step up and take that final shot yesterday. That was a hundred percent. I feel like we've been on this Milwaukee grind all season long, talking about how they might not be winning as much games, but they're really experimenting with their lineups, trying to find different ways to win, focusing yeah. on skill development instead of just pure stats. And I hope it really pays off. Yeah, I think they also needed a bit of an underdog role to really get amped up, like. Like Milwaukee's been heavy one seed and best team in the NBA for the past two years, I think. So I think I think this position gives them a more interesting route to actually winning the whole thing and instead of dominating one opponent and then kind of squandering the next round. And with that being said, you are listening to the Jabroni Show on CFRC 101.9. Have a fantastic morning. And you're listening to JB on CFRC 101.9 FM. Hello, I'm Tamara Cicerella, a counselor serving area residents who live with addictions or mental health concerns. Deeply committed workers like me assist people in reaching their recovery goals. On April 1st, Addictions and Mental Health Services in Kingston and Frontenac joins Lennox and Addicton in offering confidential quality services. Addictions Mental Health Services, Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox, and Addington is committed to providing the best possible services to all who need it. For more information in Kingston and Frontenac, call 613-544-1356 or in Lennox and Addington, 613-354-7388.